Welcome to Misty 101 podcast. We hope that you enjoy this episode of our podcast. White House, Senators and Generals question Putin's mental health after two years of pandemic isolation. Jen Paskey raised the Russian leader's state of mind after his unprovoked decision to invade Ukraine and the violence his troops have unleashed on the country. The speech he gave last week was somebody who was not only justifying the invasion of a sovereign country but clearly had ambitions beyond that the White House press secretary told ABC's This Week anchor George Stephanopoulos on Sunday. And she added, he's obviously been quite isolated during Covid. But I will tell you, certainly the rhetoric, the actions, the justification that he's making for his actions are certainly deeply concerning to us. Senator Marco Rubio, a Republican from Florida, took to Twitter to also question the state of Mr. Putin's mental health. I wish I could share more, but for now I can say it's pretty obvious to many that something is off with Putin he tweeted. He has always been a killer, but his problem now is different and significant. It would be a mistake to assume this Putin would react the same way he would have five years ago. Senator Rubio, who is the vice chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee also said that Putin appears to have some neuro-forward-slash-psychological issues. But most telling is this is a man who has long prided himself on emotional control. His recent flashes of anger is very uncharacteristic and show an erosion in impulse control. The Republican also tweeted on Sunday. Let me stress again that we are not dealing with 2008 Putin. It is a grave error to assume he will make the same calculations and decisions today that he would have made in the past. The old Putin was a cold-blooded but calculating killer. This new Putin is even more dangerous. Donald Trump's former national security adviser Lieutenant Jen H. Armgmaster told CBS News Face the Nation that Mr. Putin was no longer a rational actor as he was fearful about staying in power and in restoring Russia's historic standing. I think now he knows that all of that is at risk he said. The Russian military doesn't look very good right now, he does not look very powerful and this is going to jeopardize his ability to stay in power. Mr. McMaster said that Mr. Putin was living in a bubble and that everybody around him is telling him what he wants to hear. These totalitarian leaders can look very strong but they are in fact very brittle and as ugly as democracy is, democracies are actually pretty darn resistant and you see that with Ukrainians and I hope they inspire confidence in all of us across the free world. Anonymous hacks Russian TV to show footage from Ukraine front lines. Hacking group Anonymous has claimed it was able to hack into Russian TV stations and show footage from Ukraine. The group said it was trying to broadcast the truth about what is happening in the conflict. Pro-Kremlin Russian television stations have been criticized for repeating Vladimir Putin's propaganda that the invasion is a special operation and Russia is not the aggressor. Social media networks have also been restricted in the country during the conflict, preventing images of the suffering in Ukraine reaching people in Moscow and St. Petersburg. 
The clip claiming TV stations had been hacked by Anonymous was viewed nearly 10 million times in less than 24 hours. It showed stations apparently broadcasting footage that went viral earlier in the week of a young father saying goodbye to his wife and daughter as they fled the country due to the fighting. Images of bombs detonating and damaged residential buildings then flashed up on the screen. It was not clear which television stations were affected or for how long. It came after hackers were apparently able to broadcast Ukrainian songs instead of the planned output in Russia. Kremlin websites have also been affected by long outages after pro-Ukraine hackers announced a cyber war to counter what is happening in the country. Ukraine's leaders have called for the hacker underground to form an IT army to fight against Russia and protect critical infrastructure. As an information war raged, Moscow on Friday said it was partially limiting access to Facebook, accusing it of censoring Russian media. This was in response to the social network banning certain pro-Russian TV channels from running ads and monetizing through its platform. Google is also limiting access to Russian media's YouTube channels in Ukrainian territory, at the request of the government in Kyiv. Twitter is being restricted for some users in Russia, with people struggling to load news feeds and send tweets. The social media company said on Saturday that it was working to keep its service safe and accessible. Ukraine conflict could last years. Russia has strong forces but Ukrainians are brave, says Foreign Secretary. Ms. Truss praised the very, very strong and brave Ukrainian resistance against Russian forces moving through their country. This could be a number of years because what we do know is Russia has strong forces, she said. But we know that the Ukrainians are brave, they are determined to stand up for their sovereignty and territorial integrity and they are determined to fight. The Foreign Secretary warned that Western sanctions on Moscow will take time to have an effect and debilitate the Russian economy. This is not going to be, I fear, over quickly she added. We need to be prepared for a very long haul. Putin threatening Ukraine with final solution in desperate attempt to secure victory. The final solution was notably a plan for the genocide of millions of Jews Nazi dictator Adolf Hitler adopted during World War II. Former Prime Minister Arsenia Yatesniuk claimed state-sponsored news agency RIA Novosti on Sunday had announced Vladimir Putin used similar terminology to describe his plan for Ukraine. Russia has been targeting Kyiv with near-constant shelling since Thursday with President Volodymyr Zelensky reporting civilian areas had been heavily targeted. Mr. Yatesniuk said Putin is bombing and shelling civilians in the capital of Ukraine. In the morning, they have this state-owned Russian agency which is RIA Novosti, this is the state-sponsored agency. You know today what kind of claim they published. They said that President Putin made the historic decision to end the Ukrainian case, or to make a kind of final solution with the Ukrainian case. He continued, this resembles something with Hitler, you remember the final solution. Could you imagine the state-sponsored agency clearly said Putin decided to make a final solution with Ukrainians. 
Before this attack, I was very clear saying, look, Putin has the chance, how is he to be remembered in global history? If he changes his path, he won't be remembered as Adolf Hitler. What we know for sure today is that Vladimir Putin will be remembered in global history as the Adolf Hitler of the current century. More than 100,000 refugees, mainly women, and children, have poured into neighboring countries, clogging railways, roads, and borders since Russian President Vladimir Putin launched what he called a special military operation on Thursday. Ignoring weeks of frantic diplomacy and sanctions threats by Western nations seeking to avoid war, Putin has justified the invasion saying neo-Nazis rule Ukraine and threaten Russia's security, a charge Kyiv and Western governments say is baseless propaganda. Interior Ministry adviser Anton Hereshkenko said on Telegram on Sunday that Russian troops entered Kharkiv. Videos posted by him and a state agency showed several military vehicles moving on a street and, separately, a burning tank. Russian-backed separatists in the eastern province of Luhansk said a Ukrainian missile had blown up an oil terminal in the town of Rovanki. Reuters witnesses in Kyiv reported occasional blasts and gunfire through the night, then three blasts after air raid sirens went off shortly before 9am. On Saturday, NATO members in the EU, the US and the UK moved to block certain Russian banks' access to the SWIFT international payment system, making it harder for Russia to trade and for its companies to do business. Sanctions on Russia's central bank could limit Putin's use of his more than $630 billion in international reserves, widely seen as insulating Russia from some economic harm. Google barred Russia's state-owned media outlet RT and other channels from receiving money for ads on their websites, apps, and YouTube videos, similar to a move by Facebook. This is what nuclear war between US and Russia would look like, according to scientists. The world has been reminded of the threat a global war poses after Russia's invasion of Ukraine on Wednesday night. With modern technology and nuclear weapons, some wonder what a new world war would look like. Scientists at Princeton University decided to develop this potential scenario using independent assessments of current U.S. and Russian force postures, nuclear war plans, and nuclear weapons targets. The audiovisual scenario is called Planner and it shows how devastating a nuclear war would be. In the four-minute-long video, scientists play out a scenario where Russia is attempting to fight off members of NATO. At first, the war is between Western European countries and Russia but once all major cities have been bombed, the war turns between the US and Russia. The simulation assumes that Russia would target major US cities and there are no bomb threat warnings in those major cities. In reality, Civilians would know in advance if a nuclear weapon would be potentially detonated, giving some enough time to seek shelter. Between Russia and the US alone, scientists concluded a nuclear war would kill 3.1 million people within 45 minutes. In total, across Europe, Asia, 
and the US the simulation says a total of 90 million people would be killed within the first few hours of conflict and that number does not include deaths from nuclear fallout or other long-term effects. But before you freak out and assume this is the world's fate, the chance of a nuclear global war is fairly unlikely. Even a small-scale nuclear war between two smaller countries would have catastrophic consequences for the rest of the planet. Additionally, there are legally binding contracts between countries, including Russia, that prevent a nuclear war from occurring. At the end of the day, a war fought with nuclear weapons is not one that can be won. North Korea fires ballistic missile into sea in 8th launch this year. North Korea has fired what is suspected to be a ballistic missile into sea while the eyes of the rest of the world are focused on Russian President Vladimir Putin's attack on Ukraine. South Korean officials said they detected the launch from the Pyongyang area and expressed deep concerns and grave regret over it. If confirmed, this would be the East Asian country's eighth launch of its kind this year and the first since 30 January after its government paused weapons tests during the Beijing Olympics in February. Some experts have said it is trying to perfect its weapons technology and pressure the United States into offering concessions like sanctions relief amid long-stalled disarmament talks. Japan's Defense Minister Nobokishi said the missile may have flown as high as 600 kilometers, to a range of 300 kilometers. No damage to vessels or aircraft has been reported though, he said. He told reporters, if North Korea deliberately carried out the missile launch while the international community is distracted by the Russian invasion of Ukraine, such an act is absolutely unforgivable. Whatever the motives are, North Korea's repeated missile launches are absolutely inexcusable and we cannot overlook considerable missile and nuclear advancement. During an emergency National Security Council meeting, top South Korean officials discussed the timing of the launch, amid Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It is not desirable at all for peace and stability in the world and on the Korean peninsula, the presidential Blue House said. North Korea has stirred up some international tension this year over a series of ballistic missile tests, which have long been banned by the United Nations. UN Security Council. Earlier this month, Kim Jong-un's UN's regime claimed the country is the only one that can shake the world by firing a missile with the US mainland in its range. The latest test comes just a day after North Korea made its first response to the war in Ukraine in the form of an article by a government analyst. It expressed support for Russia and accused Washington of arrogance and double standards. In a post published on the website of the Foreign Ministry, Riji Song, a researcher at a North Korean state-run institute on international politics, said, The basic cause of the Ukraine incident lies in the high-handedness and arbitrariness of the United States, which has ignored Russia's legitimate calls for security guarantees and only sought a global hegemony and military dominance while clinging to its sanctions campaigns. The former Soviet Union was North Korea's biggest aid provider before its disintegration in the early 1990s and Putin has been pushing to restore his country's ties in recent years. 
Liv Eric Easley, a professor at UA University in Seoul, said the Biden administration needs to show that it maintains a strategic focus on the Indo-Pacific region, including by responding sternly to Pyongyang's provocations. He said, North Korea is not going to do anyone the favor of staying quiet while the world deals with Russia's aggression against Ukraine. Russia-Ukraine latest, three miles of troops and tanks moving towards Kyiv. A three-mile column of Russian troops and tanks has been moving slowly towards Kyiv as the European Union decided for the first time in its history to supply weapons to a country at war. Fighter jets were expected to arrive overnight. Satellite images taken by space technology company Mazer Technologies showed the Russian deployment about 40 miles from the Ukrainian capital. In an unprecedented move, the 27-nation EU on Sunday decided for the first time in its history to supply weapons to a country at war. Describing the move as a watershed moment, EU President Ursula von der Leyen said the bloc would also close its airspace to Russian airlines. Vladimir Putin put Russia's nuclear arsenal on standby on Sunday amid growing fears he could deploy weapons of mass destruction to avoid the humiliation of defeat in Ukraine. Putin blamed the West's unfriendly steps when ordering Russia's military command to put its nuclear deterrent into a special mode of combat service. Russia's central bank announced a slew of measures on Sunday to support domestic markets, as it scrambled to manage the fallout of harsh Western sanctions over the weekend. The central bank said it would resume buying gold on the domestic market, launch a repurchase auction with no limits and ease restrictions on banks' open foreign currency positions. It also increased the range of securities that can be used as collateral to get loans and ordered market players to reject foreign clients' bids to sell Russian securities. The steps came after Western allies ratcheted up sanctions on Saturday, including blocking certain banks from the SWIFT international payments system and targeting the Russian central bank. Multiple sources in Belarus say Vladimir Putin has called on his ally Alexander Lukashenko to join Russia's military operation. The Kyiv Independent reports that the first transport aircraft carrying Belarusian paratroopers is likely to take off in the early hours of Monday morning. The speculation comes after Belarus held a referendum on Sunday that enabled them to ditch the country's non-nuclear status. The new constitution could see nuclear weapons on Belarusian soil for the first time since the fall of the Soviet Union. Saudi Arabia confirmed its commitment to the OPEC and agreement with Russia, the Saudi press agency reported. Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman made the comments during a conversation with French President Emmanuel Macron that also covered the situation in Ukraine and its impact on the energy markets. His Royal Highness the Crown Prince affirmed the Kingdom's keenness on the stability and balance of oil markets and the Kingdom's commitment to the OPEC Plus agreement the agency added. Members of the OPEC and Oil Producers Group will meet on Wednesday to discuss loosening the taps just days after the Russian invasion sent crude soaring past $100 a barrel. 
the Russian column of troops and tanks was captured via satellite by Maxa Technologies and extended for more than 3.25 miles. The space technology company said the convoy was northeast of the Ukrainian city of Ivankiv and contained fuel, logistics and armored vehicles, including tanks, infantry fighting vehicles and self-propelled artillery. Maxa has been tracking the build-up of Russian forces for weeks. Leaders of the G7 threatened fresh sanctions against Russia as the top U.S. diplomat Antony Blinken said the group of wealthy nations was fully aligned against Moscow's invasion of Ukraine. Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, Britain and the United States warned in a joint statement that they would take further steps to add to the sanctions already announced if Russia did not cease its operation. Russian military gains in Ukraine achieved through its ongoing campaign leading to any change of status such as the annexation of territory will not be recognized, G7 foreign ministers said in a joint statement. New York Governor Kathy Hochul signed an executive order Sunday forbidding her state from doing business with Russia, including cancelling its investments there. The governor also said New York will welcome Ukrainian refugees in response to Russia's invasion, noting that her state is home to the largest Ukrainian population in the U.S. We have said we'll open up our hearts, our homes, our resources to the people of the Ukraine, to say, we stand with you she said. Federal estimates show that about 140,000 of more than 1 million people in the U.S. who report Ukrainian ancestry live in New York. Google confirmed on Sunday it has temporarily disabled in Ukraine some Google Maps tools which provide live information about traffic conditions. The company said it had taken the action for the safety of local communities in the country, after consulting with sources including regional authorities. Vladimir Putin put Russia's nuclear arsenal on standby on Sunday amid growing fears he could deploy weapons of mass destruction to avoid the humiliation of defeat in Ukraine. Dispatch, Russia's attempt to seize Kharkiv ended in costly and farcical disaster, dealing Vladimir Putin's four-day-old invasion of Ukraine yet another embarrassing setback. Chechnya's strongman leader Ramzan Kadyrov has pleaded with Vladimir Putin to send his feared troops into Ukraine to finish off the Nazis. Britons are preparing to join Ukraine's new army of foreign legionnaires as Liz Truss-backed UK citizens who choose to fight the Russian invasion. The United States, Britain Europe and Canada blocked certain Russian banks from accessing the SWIFT international payment system as part of another round of sanctions against Moscow. Brawl breaks out between world's scariest man and Iranian Hulk during intense stare-down. In preparation for their fight, Martin Ford and Sajid Garibi have faced off in person for the first time, and let's just say it got heated very quickly. Ford who is dubbed the world's scariest man, has begun preparation for his fight against the Iranian social media icon, dubbed the Iranian Hulk, which is sure to be an interesting spectacle, and this was assured as the Mineworth-born star towered over his opponent with a six-inch advantage on his side. During the face-off between both fighters, 
they got uncomfortably close together and exchanged words, which then led to Ford losing his patience and launching Garibi across the room, once again showing the immense amount of strength he possesses. The same footage also shows Garibi charging towards the towering presence of Ford in an attempt to take him to the ground. Ford simply shrugged the attempt off before surrounding personnel intervened to try and relieve the situation. It's been dubbed about between two of the world's scariest men and it's one we cannot wait for. These two absolute monstrous fighting machines are set to go head-to-head -head inside the ring on the 2nd of April. 2022, at the O2 Arena in London. Unsurprisingly, before their first face-to-face -face encounter, a level of mudslinging on social media has occurred which has included an obscure training video posted by the Iranian Hulk of him punching concrete walls, ripping apart melons and bending metal with a sledgehammer. After posting footage of his training online via Instagram, his unusual training techniques have been questioned by less than impressed fans. Ford has also publicly apologized and has described the training as embarrassing and has ensured fans that the fight they are expecting is a real fight. He told Mirror Fighting, I was embarrassed, genuinely embarrassed. People ask me if this is a real fight or if this is some kind of WWE fight. And yes of course it is 100% this is going off. This fight is hugely anticipated and rightfully so, who doesn't want to see these two go at each other? Let's just hope that both fighters are taking this bout seriously. Yorkshire man tries to live on yellow sticker food for a week and regrets everything about it. A Yorkshire man has shared his grim experience after trying to live off yellow sticker reduced price food items for a whole week. Gregory Ford, who wrote the piece for Hull Live, could only keep up the extreme challenge for five days after being left to eat some shameful meals from the reduced section. Gregory took on the challenge after writing about his experience eating on a universal credit budget last year after which people advised he should have been searching for yellow sticker items. My first trip to the reduced section was on a Monday evening. This seems to be a good time for the yellow sticker hunters among us as the shelves were packed. I was conscious of the short dates so I went in with the intention to only buy items I could use immediately and things that I could safely store. At Tesco we hit upon a beef massaman ready meal a cheese, leek and potato pie, a creamy chicken and chorizo pizza, a bolognese sauce, some chicken and bacon sandwich filling, turkey slices and cheese slices. There was no reduced bread which was a shame and the vegetable selection was sparse. Pizza for tea then, not too shabby but still more expensive than anything I would normally buy. I'd got carried away. Day one and I was already up to £13 spent. The rest of the week was marred with similar misadventures, in the hunt for the yellow sticker you're very much at the mercy of a small selection of items. I managed to pick up some reduced mixed veg, a reduced sliced bread and some bagged salad from Morrison's the day after my Tesco trip. But that was too late for my sandwich filling and breakfast for which I'd had to pill for a couple of slices from my housemate. 
That night's tea was the massaman which was vaguely disappointing. The rest of the sandwich filling was used the next day but I was already getting worried about the turkey which had shot past its sell-by date. I also gorged myself on the majority of a pack of spicy cocktail sausages I'd spotted on the reduced aisle that day, caught by the impulse of a bargain hunter and regretting my choices later on. You know what you don't see on the dry foods reduced section. Pasta. We've got a sauce and nothing to eat it with and we're already a few days into this experiment. I had a shameful tea where I used the bolognese as a soup and ate it with a reduced bread roll I'd picked up on my way home. Lunch was the dubious turkey on day four, smelled fine but my mind said I shouldn't be eating it. Dinner was the pie with veg which had been stored in the freezer and was the best thing I ate all week. The turkey went in the bin on day five, moved on to the cheese slices which were fine but the salad I picked up on was not. For dinner that evening I asked a colleague to go to the reduced aisle at Marks and Spencer which is apparently where you can get some of the best deals. They came back with a child's portion of pasta, a chocolate mousse, a whole Madeira cake and a prawn sandwich. Not exactly what I had in mind. It was at this point that I lost my patience with the challenge, having thrown away half a bag of salad which had wilted to a mush. So in the five, and a half, days I'd comfortably spent over twenty pounds which is far above my usual spend, I'd thrown food away and I was worried about how healthy a lot of it was in the first place. This experiment was extreme. No one lives on yellow sticker food alone and there is a place for the odd bargain in your weekly shop. Realistically though, a lot of the food in those sections is pricey to begin with and store brand value products might still be cheaper. You're also at the mercy of selection and dates, there is no guarantee that there will be enough to put together the meals you need and even if there is it might spoil before you get to it. Signing off with the image of a nearly 30-year-old man eating a third of a Madeira cake for breakfast and considering his life choices on day six. Regret. We hope that you have enjoyed our podcast. We thank you for your support. We hope to see you again next time.